0: And hello, everybody! Welcome to episode nine of the HUSET cast the HusetCon podcast. This is the second and final one we did on stage at HusetCon back in October. We had Skybox sponsor this for us. Tom Klein from Skybox is on stage with us. We also had Phil Wiley with us. And we talked about the proliferation of APIs, the modern APIs, and how that is also caused a proliferation of cybersecurity tools, how those have uh, enabled the ability for security tools to do posture checking, and just kind of the implications that has in uh, today's cybersecurity industry. So hope you enjoy it. Thanks, everybody, for being here again for another recording of the USECcast, USECcon podcast. Well, I could have turned it on. There we go. All right. Um, what happened so, to your
1: technical, man?
0: Huh? I'm did- not technical anymore. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to work stuff. So um, le- this is a second session. So we had one yesterday on uh, AI stuff. Today, we're going to be talking about modern APIs and the extensibility that modern APIs have given to security products in order to do like posture checking, that kind of thing. So I want to thank first uh, Skybox, Tom Klein from Skybox, Skybox has um, sponsored this. You want to give a quick spiel about Skybox? Yeah,
1: so Skybox Security, we do uh, security posture management and vulnerability management on our uh, platform. And so happy to talk to any of you guys about that, but uh, we'll talk some of some of what we do here as well and, and that, but uh, firewall assurance, network assurance, and VOLNs. Uh, and Love to talk about bones. So.
0: And Skybox has got a booth over in the innovation area. So if you want to go see them after this, we'd right, appreciate it.
1: Right before the bathrooms.
0: Right before the bathroom. So if you got to go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom and then come back. Wash your hands first, please. Wash your hands and dry them, please. All right. Uh, also joining us, man that needs no introduction, Mr. Phil Wiley. How you doing, Phil?
2: Good. Thanks for uh, letting me join today. It's always an honor to be involved with you
0: guys. Awesome. So Phil, if you don't know Phil, he did a speaking session yesterday, he had a book signing. He does a Pen Tester's Blueprint, um, very well known in the industry, good friend of mine. We've uh, got to know over the years. He's spoken here at Houston Con multiple years, so thank you for for joining us.
2: It's an honor and this was like the second place I gave the Pen Tester Blueprint talk.
0: Oh, great. Only only one prior to that was B-Sides DFW in 2018. Very cool.
3: And then as always, I'm Sam I'm Sam. That's his tagline. I'm Sam. Hey, but shout out to uh, Tom Klein for that uh, old school Husaccon t-shirt. Look yeah, at that. look at that. That was, that the, was, that the... was the, well, the first year we used it. By the way, I was telling Tom that the guy that designed that logo, which we still have today, but the guy that designed it is now the creative director at Crocs. So you can even have a career in creative design from Husaccon. I, I should Launch Crocs. yourself into the stratosphere. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's our uh, Star our, um, War Games theme here. I remember that. that was great. Yes. All right, well, let's get into the conversation because we've already wasted four minutes talking about all this stuff. So, um, so yeah, modern APIs. So uh, kind of what we were talking about pre-show is if it, who here remembers um, who ran uh, like McAfee or Symantec AV back in the day with EPO, right? And it's still around, don't get me wrong. And this is not slamming on them. But years ago they were trying to bring all of these different inputs and everything. It was a great idea into all this different telemetry and into a single place and EPO, e policy orchestrator. And back then it was more difficult to get all of that in one place. And these days you've got security vendors who are able to because of the cloud and multiple things they've got modern APIs you're able to connect in to all of these different environments and start collecting telemetry and data from all of these different spots and what it's done is create a, an ability for vendors the security vendors to really explode because what they can concentrate on is the is creating some type of are using it to like have their own intelligence that they put into it and say, what are the indicators of compromise or what are the bad configurations that you've got set up? Instead of having to worry about creating some kind of integration with another product, the APIs, especially products that have in really embraced this, they can connect to those and just concentrate on building that intelligence and that data around what they get back from it, not have to talk to the vendor for you know, two weeks to create an integration, right? They can just start pulling the stuff in. So um, Skybox specifically does that, where they're connecting to multiple environments. So I kind of wanted to get your take, Tom, on how that those modern APIs have enabled your product and other products, and how it's created this kind of a boom in security vendors, and how it allows you to concentrate on other you know things that matter.
1: You bet. Yeah. So you know. To that point, right? Integrations are always a, a challenge for any product, right? How do we integrate with other products and such? And so the APIs have definitely helped with that, right? And, and you'll see uh, a lot of a lot of organizations now moving towards APIs and being able to talk to their other tools. And and so what we do is is obviously we we talk to over 150 different tools to gather your data about your environment, and then we're able to enrich enrich the, all that data together. We're able to almost took your question. So I'll, I'll be careful there. Soon. You can go
3: ahead. Let me ask you a question, Tom. <laughs> no, no, we'll,
1: get, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> no, it was um, when
3: we were talking about that earlier was de- basically getting all that data and like, that's a lot of data and how are you not duplicating data and, you know, you need to dedupe it, you know, making sure you're not double, you know, triple counting or whatever. Right. Cause I see that as an asset inventory issue to begin with.
1: Right? Yeah. So, you know, at, go back 15 years ago, we we would use various tools and and have a SharePoint site or an Access database or a SQL database, and and that duplication was the biggest challenge, right? It's like all of a sudden I had uh, you know I had a thousand vulnerabilities, and next thing I know I connected to another tool and I had sixteen hundred vulnerabilities, but actually eight hundred of them were the same, right? And so so what what's going on here, right? And and uh, my math was a little off there, but but you know so. What what tools are able to do now with APIs is, is able to gather all of, all those data points together, help you to prioritize them, put them together, and, and take those duplicates and and actually show right. I mean, there's uh, in our tool we're able to show you, hey, this this was detected on these tools, uh, but we count it once instead of counting it twice, right? And and uh, I think you used the example Phil right of of having multiple assets, right? And 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 you know all of a sudden I've got 30 percent more assets, and I then I know I have and such. So so APIs, I think, are, uh, you know, there's, and then there's, of course, the whole security of APIs, right? We could go, we could spend a day on that. Yeah. Well,
0: Phil, we were talking before on not just the duplication, but I mean, to your point, like pulling all that stuff into a SharePoint site or whatever, that's kind of an ad hoc middleware, right? Um, So Phil, we were talking about back in the days when you would, that that was the way you got integration done, is you had some kind of middleware layer, and then that and th- that brought in complications of its own. It brought its own security implications as well. So why don't you talk through your experience there and what your thoughts are?
2: Sure. For, for anyone that's been in IT or security for a long, for, for any amount of time, you probably remember uh, Microsoft BizWorks. It was like one of the middleware servers back then, so to be able to get all these different systems interact, you had to use things like Microsoft BizWorks and then just some of the complexity and integration with that playing well with like some of your Unix systems or AS400s or mainframes. There were so many complicated layers to getting, being able to manage all that, even just like setting up SAA gateways or SNA gateways to communicate with your mainframes. So it's a lot more difficult. So now with APIs and the different products out there supporting APIs, it makes it a lot easier to Interconnect all those things, and they mentioned the duplicates, be able to do duplicate things, uh, be able to take your tools and better use those through that API integration. You know, before you you didn't have that single pane of glass; you had everything that you had to manage individually, that made it a lot more complicated.
0: So now that we've kind of set like the the progress of that we've made with APIs um, and. What some people don't think about then is not only does it help the vendors get a boom in what they're doing, it APIs themselves have a security implication, right? So it's kind of interesting because all of the all modern tools now are not just cybersecurity are connecting via APIs. There's that's created a prevalence of like an API swarm. You get that in your environment. What I tend to find is that people are only thinking about that from an external perspective. So I only, I'm only concerned with the APIs that are going ingress, egress out of my network and connecting with other tools outside. But that has security implications because there's API keys. Some I've heard, what is it, Daniel Meisler said that API keys are their modern password. We're still going to have an issue with them. you still got to worry about all the implications there. And then the APIs themselves, if they're not configured correctly, also have an issue. So, what it's done is created a boom in other security vendors to be able to control those and make sure you know where all of them are. So, um, Phil, from your, have, I know you and I have talked about this privately before. I mean, just the boom of APIs externally and internally. As a pen tester, what do you see um, from a Pen testing, you know, like perspective. How do you go after those? Are they easier to attack? That kind of thing.
2: Traditionally, they've been more uh, easy to attack because some people think because they're difficult to find that they're secure, security through obscurity. So we run a lot of cases like that. And one of the things too, I think people really need to focus on as well is focus on what APIs need to be external. Not all APIs need to be externally facing. So make sure that you're making sure that you're not having any leakage of APIs. If it doesn't need to be exposed externally, don't expose it externally. And that's an area that's become a popular uh, space. There's a lot more education and tools and content on API pen testing because my first API pen test was in like 2015. There were really no tools or anything around that. And now there's so many tools and education out there. So anyone that's wanting to learn more about API security, API, uh, API security university, uh, Corey Ball, the guy who wrote the book on hacking APIs, that's out there. Not only do they, do they have a course on pen testing, they also have a course on API security. So people have just really thought that they're difficult to find but people are coming more aware. These are ways to attack. Uh, you know, sometimes people are, you have to worry about shadow IT. Sometimes marketing spends up different uh, resources for campaigns and they don't take it down. So they do not aware of what's going on. So you really need to be keeping track of not only what's exposed but what you have out there having a good inventory of those APIs so that way you can protect those APIs.
1: Well I, it, I would say it's not just not just an inventory of them but but what's their purpose, right? Yeah. And 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 not only that, but what are we trying to get from that, right? Because there's so many times we try to be helpful with the APIs that we end up giving more information than we need to, which is great from a pen test perspective and, and that, but how do you how do you make sure that you gather all of that, all that inventory and, and make sure that you actually need them? right?
3: How do you manage how many APIs you have in an environment and who's responsible for that? I That's a great question.
0: Um, I mean, my advice has always been to have some kind of API gateway set up and that's not just necessarily security perspective. You want to inventory them. A lot of times it comes down to just policy enforcement manually because you have to have a in your or process enforcement because you have to have a process from in your development shop. Say if you're going to develop this, you have to have somebody has to keep an inventory in them centrally. The problem, if you don't do it from a process, manual process standpoint, most of the time, or not most of the time, a lot of times to the shadow IT point, it's not even necessarily shadow IT. It's just we're not centrally using an API gateway to push all of this through. So if you've got multiple clouds, you've got AWS, you've got Azure, you've got Google, you're developing and deploying apps on those, you're not pushing those through a central API gateway, you're using maybe a gateway within that provider, then you've gotta have some place where you're gathering all that stuff up. So part of the modern API security marketing story is that, hey, we will put something in your environment, start gathering all of that information and figure out where all those APIs are so we can centrally manage them, centrally document them, all of that, it, it's a huge problem. And to my point on the ingress-egress, it's not just a problem there. Modern mesh infrastructures, like when you're developing in that, that's all internal APIs, and that can just balloon very, very quickly because it's all APIs connecting the microservices. So that in and of itself, it, it to use a marketing buzzword, but I don't think it's a buzzword, it's kind of this whole zero trust I- ideology. The idea is that you, you don't want to trust those talking to each other, even between microservices. And if you don't
3: have an inventory of them, then you don't know what you can trust because you don't know what's there. What about criticality of each of those APIs? Do you rate those? Say that again? Criticality of those APIs? Do you rate Oh, yeah. Those? You can absolutely rate them
0: because the APIs are the basically the gateway into your app and whatever the revenue, biggest revenue-generating app or the one that's got the most... Um, I did, you know, in information data from your customers or whatever. That that's what you're going to rate them from a criticality standpoint. You're going to focus on those. And that's what we always advise. What I've advised customers is do exactly. And it's the same way with vulnerabilities, right? You want to rate if you've got a an area that's very critical. You want to rate the vulnerabilities in that. You want to do the same thing. I look at APIs as another asset. It's it's really another asset. I. I you want to group larger assets as applications, but all of those pieces are going to be assets in the, the larger asset, and you'd absolutely want to rate them. Any other thoughts, guys, before we wrap this one up?
3: Where's the low hanging fruit, Phil? Where do you go first when you're trying to get into one of these?
2: Yeah, from an external
3: perspective, just trying to, you know,
2: first thing during a pen test, I'm looking for any kind of web services running out there, and then. Uh, running some different fuzzing tools to look for those apis but usually the external ones but uh, you also need to make sure you're taking in consideration the internal the internal apis but one of the things I think that, that's kind of good to do from a, a pen testing perspective in attack surface management make sure you're using something to manage your attack surface uh, externally and doing like continuous pen testing because sometimes if you're only pen testing quarterly, you are even that's really, you know, that's pretty good because most companies don't pen test quarterly, but once or twice a year, things get, get missed. I did a pen test one time where there was a retest, fortunately part of that pen test. So I did the test in January, came back 90 days later, and they did a good job of remediating things, but there was a low level, a low risk or, or, infer- I don't think it was informationable was low risk. But within that 90 days, someone figured out how to exploit that. Now it's critical. And if they hadn't had that retest, they would have set out there a year before the next pen test. So continually testing, monitoring uh, your assets uh, is a good
0: good tip. Yeah, with the advent of, I mean, if you're doing anything close to DevSecOps and you're constantly iterating your apps and in modern applications, you can't have it just be static constantly or you've got to make changes, even, even changes to fix a vulnerability that you've found um that stuff is constantly happening so you've got to you've got to keep up with that um with something that's ongoing that's a tool that's i mean it typically has to be a tool cuz you can't have somebody just sitting there pen testing day in and day I mean I guess you could but that get really boring after a while so um yeah it, it's you can't do a i think even a quarterly pen test now and expect to be solid from a security you got to have some kind of tooling that does it and hey APIs have helped those tools connect and do all kinds of find all kinds of cool stuff. So you good? I'm good. All right. Well, Tom, once again, thanks for coming up. Appreciate Skybox.
1: uh, Sponsoring this. Always, always a pleasure to be here. Thank you
0: very much. And again, they're around the innovation station. Wash your hands when you come back from the bathroom. Uh, (laughs) Phil, thank you for joining us. Appreciate you coming out and speaking. Thanks for for inviting me. It's been an honor. Yeah, and again, Pen Tester Blueprint. If you're interested in getting into uh, pen testing, Phil has got a, well, a blueprint for pen (laughs) testing. So uh, please uh, go visit his site and look at what he's doing. He's doing all kinds of cool stuff, speaking in a lot of places around the world and U.S. and everything else. So appreciate it. Sam, any parting thoughts? No, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. It's good stuff. All right, and uh, remember to subscribe on your favorite platform to the Husek Cast, the HUSETcon Con podcast, where you'll get a bi weekly dose of wisdom from our guests, not from Sam and me, but from our guests. Definitely so. not from me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it.
1: This has been a Husek Con production. Husek Cast is hosted by Michael Farnham and Sam Van Ryder, with production and editing by Lauren Lynch. Our music is by August Honey. The views and opinions expressed in this show are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of any entities that they represent. This show is for informational purposes only and does not render or offer to render personalized advice. Subscribe now so you never miss an episode. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook at HughSetCon. and you can learn more about the conference or buy tickets at HoustonSetCon.com.